Day of the year has arrived. Opening day is upon us. And, you know, those of you that are new to this podcast, uh, it's going to be very clear, very quick over the next, say, this show and then actually this show, but like, you know, beyond beyond this show, the next few shows, you're going to see just how much we love baseball on Lollygagging Sports and we have finally arrived. So, again, as always, this is Logging Hacking Sports. I am Bo Reed along with Samantha Bunn and Matthew Irby. So, uh, this, Samantha, of course, is our opening day extravaganza. It is our favorite show of the year. And it's not even close. This is our favorite day and our favorite show. Uh, so, what? real quick before we get into the rundown, what are your plans? What are your opening day plans for tomorrow? Well, today. Oh, I'm so, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yes, we're recording on opening day, but it is it's now opening day as you're hearing this. So I, I, I'm so excited. I love opening day. It's like Christmas. Um, yeah. So we are, you know, unfortunately, the only home game that was available to us this year um, was the Yankees. So that was a, a great big no thank you uh, from us. Unfortunately, the Mets are out of town, so we will not be attending opening day in person. Uh, we'll be watching a lot of opening day baseball. And we've got our, you know, i got my baseball playlist of baseball music all queued up. And, uh, you know, we'll take the kids out and, and let them uh, play a bit of pickup baseball. And we'll make some food. And we're gearing up for the very long wait that is the West Coast time opening day, which is unfortunately the, the fate of my uh, guardians this year. They are opening in Seattle, so uh, call the kids out of school for Friday as, as well as tomorrow. Please don't call the school board on me. Um, <laughs> and uh, we're, we're, we're gearing up for a, a late night, but uh, I'm just, I'm so stoked to watch baseball. I can't wait. Going to watch your Rangers as well uh, and uh, try to catch a bit of my Mets and the Red Sox. So oh, I'm so excited Happy opening day. Happy, yeah, happy opening day, Irby. I know you've got some fun work shenanigans earlier in the day. So after you're done with all that, what are your plans? What are you doing opening day? I, you know, I'm going to be chilling. I'm going to be relaxed. Uh, like I said, yeah, I've got a, a work thing. Although it's relatable for me because baseball for us, I, 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 know that for, I know for you guys, it's, you know, it, it's a passion. It's something you love to do and you don't, it's not work. It's not hard. It's a passion. So I've got a work thing tomorrow. That's exactly like that. Something I love to do and I'm very excited. So it's going to help me get in the baseball mindset. And actually the, the work thing actually has a baseball theme. So I did make that work and that was done by my own accord. But after that, yeah, it's going to be uh, I'll be home in time for Rangers first pitch. Uh, <laughs> spend all that time leading up, checking out what's happened all day long. And then, uh, I, you know, after the Ranger game, I've got my kiddos got another hour uh, practice in the cages. So, hey, there you go. Watch some baseball, then go play some baseball. Great day. Great day. There you go. There you go. Well, well, uh, like Samantha, I've got a day of festivities planned. Um, I will be doing my annual opening day 
barbecue. Now, this isn't like I'm not I'm not throwing steaks on the grill. I'm not I'm not smoking a brisket. I'm not doing this. I am doing the hot dogs, the sausages, you know, baseball food. It's important to have baseball food on opening day. Now I don't get I'm not lucky enough to go to the ballpark, although I probably could get a Marlins ticket if I wanted to. Right? I could probably get that right now if I wanted to. Uh but no, I'm gonna stick back. I'm gonna I'm gonna grill some hot dogs and some sausages and toss them in hoagie rolls. That's very important. You don't get just regular hot dog buns. You gotta do the hoagie roll and you gotta put all this fun stuff on top of it and watch some baseball. So all three of us I think have uh, I think we have some solid plans. So uh, let's well, I was gonna say that that food sounds so much better than a two foot long boomstick burger. Well, that's so fair. I, that's I like your food. <laughs> but but Bo, are you gonna get some foil to wrap those hot dogs in, and then you're gonna squish Ooh. them up a little bit, like maybe down a row before you eat them, just for authenticity? So since you're going authentic, which I respect, um, for an opening day cookout, but I'm thinking you should get some foil. Just, you know, so that you really get that ballpark feel that, like, 13 people have handled this hot dog on its way to you. It's all nice and squashed that's inside a, the wrapper. You know, that's a really good idea that I hadn't thought of, Samantha. That's That would be best, right? Because, like, yeah. like, 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 now, granted, like, I'd have to get some really big foil because hoagie rolls are different than <laughs> ballpark hot dog buns. But Yeah, you get that extra long roll of foil. Like, they sell right. it at the grocery store. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know that's a good idea, and 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 you know, serve that because I'll have some friends over uh, and serve it to them like, like that. I, I can almost put them in like a like an insulated bag, like I'm a hot dog vendor. Yeah, well, and you have to pass them down. Like everyone must handle it. Exactly. Hot yes. So, well, I don't make the rules. That's just how it works. So. <laughs> but make sure. Don't don't give them to them hot. They got to be like lukewarm. Oh lukewarm. yeah, 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 yeah. They, they, yeah, lukewarm, and then they have to actually get up and put their condiments on. You know, each each one. Uh, you know, but the fun here's here's the fun little impact of the foil because it almost steams the bun when you get that at a ballpark because the the bun comes out now. If granted, if it's if it's if it's been in the foil too long and it's been passed around so much, it kind of gets hard, but. If you get it, if you time it right, and you and you pull it out of that out of that foil wrapping, it's it's nice and steamed because of the hot. Oh yeah, dog, I you know something good happens too. I mean, I can't imagine another scenario where you're like, I would like ten strangers to, to handle my food on its way to me after it was carried around in a bag for an hour. But <laughs> you know, there's something about the ballpark hot dog that it really does enhance it. So I don't, I just like, I can't eat a hot dog with a bun that's not squished. Now. I've also never, I wouldn't eat a hot dog outside of a baseball ballpark, but you know, yeah. you, you gotta go for the authentic. It's very important. Yeah, it's one of those things that's like, I, I don't shell peanuts unless I'm at a ballpark, and I don't really do, you know, as much as I love hot dogs, it's not it's not the same as if you're not at a ballpark. Which, you know, I think we should, mm-hmm. I think, I think we should take a moment and give a little credit to one George Herman Ruth, because Red Hots really became a thing because of, of him and his in-between inning shenanigans. So I, I, th- I think we really need to just give him his credit, you know, get the credit where it's due. <laughs> Babe Ruth and his Red Hawks. Oh, Hots. absolutely. Yes. In the uh, ballpark tradition. Uh, <laughs> also, I'm drinking in the duck app, which I'm not convinced has been completely eradicated, which we, we learned from the Red Hawks in, like, mid aughts that, like, there is still alcohol in the dugouts. Come on. Well, so. Yeah. You, 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 th- you think Tony LaRusso was passing out in the dugout last season because of his age? Nah. Yes. <laughs> I do. <laughs> All right, so we've got a fun show on tap. Uh, we are not doing the time capsule tonight because we wanted to fill the rundown with more uh, 
opening day festivities. So let's get right into it. Uh, one cool thing that's happening this year for the first time in a while. Now, we, we were all old enough to have, have seen the balanced schedule before. But it's been a while. It's been a long time since we didn't have this unbalanced schedule where teams were playing their division 20 times, each team 20 times a season. Now we're balanced. Now everyone's playing each other. It gives us an opportunity to take a look at the league and pinpoint exactly which matchup we don't want to see. Like, what is the worst of the worst? And so we've each picked three different home teams and a matchup to go with it. So let's start there, Samantha. What is your worst matchup for 2023, starting with the home team? All right, well, I'm going to do the thing. Like, my, my worst matchup is, like, ESPN's best matchup. So this is the Yankees visiting the Houston Astros. Oh, I just... The media circus that is going to surround this is going to be horrendous. And we're all, I mean, obviously I've picked Houston because who would want to go to a ball game in Houston, right? Like who would want to go to Houston at all? You have to sit amongst their awful, Mm -hmm. horrible fans and watch their awful, horrible team and try to figure out how they're cheating this time around. And the reason I picked the Yankees is not because, oh, we also hate the Yankees, but because the narrative surrounding this game is going to be awful. It's going to be like, oh, well, here comes the American League Championship preview. And they're going to be saying that regardless of the fact that the Yankees have one pitcher currently, they have one healthy pitcher. Like, I sure. So, okay. So it's Garrett Cole against uh, his old team. I guess that's fun or whatever. And then, um, I don't know, Clark Schmidt. Uh, because everybody else is hurt. So we're going to make this out like this is the biggest matchup in the American League. It ain't shaping up that way at all. We also all remember how we all had to kind of hold our noses and root for the Yankees uh, in yeah. the mm-hmm. postseason last year. And they rewarded us for that by basically quitting halfway through the series. So... I mean, does anyone want to see that again? I don't want to see that again. And I also don't want to listen to a bunch of national baseball announcers who are dropping it. You can tell I've not been paying attention to whatever is going on at that particular point in the season. They're like, this is definitely the American League Championship Series matchup. And it's like, well, I don't know about that. I'm not sure that's true. So, I mean, yikes. This is like just the the thing that you would have to watch on mute if you gain to watch it at all, which I know that I personally will not. You know, I, I'm fairly certain that even Garrett Cole admit he doesn't want, doesn't want Houston to be referred to as one of his teams. Like he was a former player of. Like he hey, got, give Garrett Cole credit. He got other fast. He, yeah, you remember what he said in the immediate post game presser after the World Series? He was like, "I'm a free agent." Yeah, I'm no longer a member of this team. And I was like, "All right, Garrett Cole's kind of a moron, and he's kind of terrible in a lot of ways. He's also kind of great in a lot of ways because he's so entertaining." But boy, he couldn't get out of Houston fast. So let's let's give good old Gary. Yeah. My mom still insists his name is Gary. Uh, no matter what, to the point where I have to remember to call him Garrett when I am on the air because in our house he is Gary. Uh, but yeah, we love Garrett. We love Garrett Cole. Um, and then we also kind of hate Garrett Cole. But uh, yeah. yes, entertaining fellow. And uh, you know, he didn't want anything to do with Houston, so he's not going to enjoy this series either. He also does not want this match. So. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if he, if he, if he strikes out 10 and – Pitches seven shutout innings, he might enjoy it. I, I don't know, Ir- Irby. Uh, we, like we're the two of us. You know, we've experienced going down to the juice box, also known as Minute Maid Park. I call it the juice box for obvious reasons. Watching baseball in this weird shed uh, around Astros fans who 
I, I don't know anything nice to say about him, so I'm just going to kind of leave it at that. But we've experienced that before, and no, uh, I don't think I want to again, at least not for a while. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm good. I, You know, I will say, you know, if we're trying to find something nice, they they let me and my family leave with our lives. So, I mean, there's oh. that. Oh. Oh, did those people talk to the people who were sending me DMs on Twitter that said, I hope you die after I suggested that they were cheating before they actually got caught cheating? Um, <laughs> it's good to know that I would have survived the experience. Yeah. <laughs> we met in person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a fan base. Uh, but no, I'm I'm with you. No, the the from the weather to the food to the atmosphere to the ugh. the belief that you're watching the devil. Yeah, no, I'm out. No, Houston. I'm no, out. thank you. I'm out. Yeah, thank I, you. yeah like, like the last time I was there, you know, it was me and my dad, and they spit at us for wearing Rangers gear in their ballpark. I'm like, well, first of all, um, <laughs> it's not your ballpark. Second of all, really, because I'm wearing, and this was this was actually back when they went to the World Series the first time. So this isn't the first go round with these Astros fans, Samantha. Like, like, like they've been like this the whole time before cheating. Yeah, even before, even back when when they had a legitimate team and were winning legitimately, even though they did have some hired guns on that on that pennant winner. You know, they they signed Clemens and Pettit, the, the two Houston guys, right? So they, they did have a leg up there, but you know, that was legit. You know, the, the, the solid ownership group got swept in the World Series by the White Sox in 04. But even way back then, Samantha, they, they, they've, they've been like this as long as I've known them. And this is why I've always had a problem with them. And it's, it's kind of nice to see everyone else kind of warming up to this concept. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that, like, look, bad fan bases don't really change. Like, that's just, like, always trying to tell people this. It's like, you know, like, it, miserable, horrible fan bases to deal with don't change because the team has changed they just become more apparent in situations like this because this i mean this whole fan base is just absolutely just toxic i mean remember when those people went to matt shop's house and threatened his life yep remember that like sure yeah this is not a great fan base um, so yeah, and they've been a problem for a long time it's just that it wasn't really showcased to the rest of country uh until the, the cheating scandal showed up but yeah no this is this is not new to that uh, <laughs> this is not a pleasant group uh, <laughs> and I, I believe you guys have some interesting ones too that are not not necessarily based on quite the same thing but also uh some doozies <laughs> oh yeah uh-huh well we got some doozies all right <laughs> all right irby how about you what is your worst matchup for 2023 I, so this was kind of hard um, on narrowing it down. So I am gonna I'm gonna give you three levels of this one just to narrow it down um, because it's bad. Then it gets worse, and then it gets are they are they the col- worse? Are they color coded in, in an Excel spreadsheet? <laughs> do, you, do you think there would be anything other than that? No, that is that is the realm of that. <laughs> um, so I am I am gonna go out to um, to Miami. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna select out there in Miami. Um, and, and it's fun. I, I picked an entire week at first, although it's not a full like Sunday, Saturday week, but it's a six, it's a, it's seven days, seven days in there of just, um, May 12th through May 18th, the, the, the Marlins will be hosting the Reds and then the Nationals. 
And I'm gonna I'm gonna zero in. It was hard because I wanted to do Sunday's last game against the Reds on Mother's Day. You know, great way to spend Mother's Day in this atmosphere. <laughs> but I'm gonna pick the Thursday game at the end of this when they're playing Washington because it's a day game, a noon start. Okay, noon start Washington and Miami. And why am I picking this? Well, because last season. 900,000, 907,487 to be exact, people attended or bought tickets to Miami Marlins games, okay? And that's great, blah, 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 whatever you want to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I've seen some pictures, and we all know, you know, those day games, man, those day games during the week sometimes can get 500 people, and then and Miami is definitely one of them. And it's just my worst matchup coming off – 475,269 actual people, not just tickets, actual people over a 15-game span that we got to watch during the World Baseball Classic. And as wonderful as that was, we're going to get mid-May. There's going to be 500 people mm-hmm. in that same stadium watching Nationals Marlins. No thanks. Pass. You know, it, Smith had actually... It's really unfortunate because, you know, when we, when we get to mine, we're, we're, we're going to talk about some stadiums in Florida. Uh, the Marlins, you know, like, they've got this gorgeous stadium that's right there in Little Havana. And they have these massive doors, these massive like glass doors that when they open them up, you've got a gorgeous view of downtown Miami while you're watching baseball. So I'm waiting on these Marlins to get better because it's a stadium. Irby, you just mentioned it with the WBC. Like, it's not like Tampa where people still don't go <laughs> if the stakes are high. No, they, they just need a winning team. And they also need a winning team where the fans are going to believe they're going to keep said winning team. But that's a different argument, right? But it's, it's, it's one of those stadiums that, that, that baseball has that, that it's fun. Uh, it's got a great view. The only downside, though, the only downside is, you know, you, you – you remember that that weird dolphin rotating dolphin statue thing they had in left center field a few years ago before Derek Jeter came on and got rid of it? That thing, it's still there. Okay? It's 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 outside of a corner gate as you walk into the stadium. So unfortunately that thing, that monstrosity is still there. Other than that, it's a great place to watch a ball game. I forgot about that thing. Um, yeah, no, I, you know, there, I have a like, sort of a very now short list of uh, major league ballparks that I have not been to. And I, I have been to Miami, but I haven't been to the new ballpark there. So mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. on my list. And, and I do want to go there and understand from you and some other people that it's actually a, a really nice place to see a ball game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do want to get there. And Miami certainly, and, you know, it's an easy place to talk yourself into going to, uh, to catch a game and, uh, I'm down to South Beach for a little while, but I guess I'm, but I'm going to go ahead and agree with Irby anyway on this because like, look, at the end of the day, I just don't want to be in the same place as Marlins. So. <laughs> I mean, who does? <laughs> I think, also yeah, very I true. Know. Well done. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I've actually been lucky. Does he actually go to Marlins games though? No, I haven't I seen it. He goes to other stadiums and then complains about the experience that he has. Yeah. That's, that's my understanding. That, well, now, granted, I've only been to a couple of ball games, but I've yet to see him. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's not going there at all. I don't know. It's it, it's always a fun time. It's always a fun time when I'm down at Marlins Stadium. Now, it, it, especially, it, and this actually helps him because they've got this this bright line train 
uh, that, that they built here in South Florida. And you can actually take the train. Like, let's say you're like what you're where I am in. Like I'm, I'm an hour and a half north of Miami. I can take the bright line down, take a shuttle over the stadium. I don't have to worry about driving because downtown Miami is interesting to say the least <laughs> when it comes to driving. So I never have to worry about that. I can take the bright line down. So maybe that attendance will kick up a little bit. Or maybe it'll be more than 500 people. Maybe it'll be 1,000 people. But eventually that, that Marlins team, because you know, we all believe in Kim Ang, eventually that's going to be a good baseball team. And when it is, that stadium is going to be packed. But Do you believe that? I do. Do you believe it's eventually going to be a good team? I don't. Because I do. they always, Florida, for some reason in Florida, they cannot draw fans. Like, that's always been true, even when the Marlins were good. Because I agree with you, Bo. I think they're going to be a good team. But I think they're still going to have trouble drawing. So, which is a shame. Because, like you said, it's a nice ballpark and it's going to be a good team. But I, I don't yeah. think they will ever draw the way that they hope to. It's just, it's weird. Because you would think Florida. Like, you would think there would be a lot of baseball fans there. But you would be wrong. Because the Florida teams historically have had a miserable time of drawing fans. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that, that's true. But, you know, the, the Marlins don't have the same problem Tampa has. Like, like their stadium is downtown. It's, like, right by where the Heat play. It's downtown. It's 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 easily accessible, not just with the bright line, but also the tri row, which is the the more of the commuter train that we have down here. I, I, it's, it's easily accessible. Uh, the parking situation, if you drive, I mean, you, like I say, you deal with the traffic, and the traffic in in Miami is awful. But like the parking situation itself is not bad either. It's parking garages at each corner gate. Like it's not bad. So it's not like Tampa, which is not easily accessible and also a dump which I'll get into here in a second. Uh, if Put it this way. I think if any team in Florida baseball has a chance, it's the Marlins because of their location and because of the atmosphere at the ballpark. Like, it's actually a fun place to watch a ball game. It's entertaining. Well, and, and I'll agree with that. And that, that's, I should clarify, I'm not hating on the stadium or the atmosphere or anything. Of, sure. of the, or it's the atmosphere. It's not the stadium. It's the atmosphere. After what we just experienced, I'm not looking forward to accidentally turning on a Marlins game and being like, oh, this, why don't I recognize this stadium? Oh, because last time I saw this, yeah. there were people. That's fair. That's fair. And that's so. <laughs> I'll give you that. All right. Well, I've already, I've already led into uh, the fact that I'm going to trash the, the, the Rays here. Uh, so the Rays are obviously my home team. Um, before I get into the, the matchup, I'm not looking forward to seeing. In fact, I probably will skip it. Um, let's talk about that stadium for a second. Now, Irby, you're the only one on this panel that's lucky enough to have never been to this stadium. And I mean that. that thanks? No, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I agree. The other person I, who has been there, I, I can Oh, Lord. I, 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 so, <laughs> let, let's see. It, it, they put it in... A really bad area. Walking up to it, 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 it looks like a poorly designed Astrodome in terms of like just it just it looks run down. Like it looks like it's been there for 50 years. You walk in and it immediately feels like the field house of a college team. Right? You, you've got the tight, the tight uh hallways uh you, you you've got the concessions that feel like you're at a high school baseball game you walk around it doesn't get any better you get to the outfield you get to where they've got the rays where they have the devil rays and it looks like a pool you would find at a motel that has an hourly rate 
The water's kind of green. <laughs> I feel bad for the rays that are in there. You go to the concession stand and you're still paying $9 for a hot dog. I remember thinking like when I got my hot dog, I was like, what the hell am I paying $9 for? Look at this place. It didn't feel like, Samantha, it didn't feel like I was there watching a Major League Baseball game. I'm watching the Rangers in the race. And this is back when the Rangers were good and they had Beltray, for example. Like they, were fight, they were actually competing. And I'm sitting here and I'm watching this. In fact, I think, actually, I think they won the West that year. This was the first year I was in Florida. Um, and the last year that the Rangers won the West. But, like, I, I didn't feel like I was ever at a Major League game. It was the most disgusting experience I've ever had in sports. So I, yeah, it's it's dumb for sure. It's awful, you know. So I started thinking, you know, about this segment and, and about you know wh- which matchup. So I started thinking about a, a, you know a visiting team that would embody the stadium, and of course I thought I, I immediately thought about the Astros, and I couldn't stop. Garbage, garbage, garbage franchise. Garbage visiting fan base. You know, they would actually probably go under there and, and think, oh, this is fun. We're watching the Astros. No, you're in a dump. Yeah, because it's like being inside a giant garbage can. And that's their <laughs> thing, right? Garbage can. Exactly. There you go. See, I didn't think of that, but you're right. <laughs> so that's that's my worst matchup when the Astros go down to Tampa. Yeah, no, I am 100% with you on that one. First of all, the Astros is a visiting team. Like, you could anyone to that and it would work um but yeah this guy this is like if you're doing the ballpark tour you can skip this one it's awful it really does it reminds me of my high school's field house um which by high school standards was very nice for a major league ballpark no also we didn't play baseball in there there was like a track and basketball courts it's it's one if it's field house you know so it's just oh my gosh it is an awful environment for a game and and this is part of why they can't draw fans yeah of course problem it's like a catch-22 the fact that there's no fans there makes the whole thing worse because you're that much more aware of the awful environment around you because there was no crowd noise crowd activity to distract you it does sound like a horrible job and, and you guys you know i'm sure anyone who listens to this podcast is aware of how i feel about the raisins and they think that their model for success is really bad for baseball so that doesn't help at all and, and the fact that nobody seems to want to go to the games which suggests that there are a lot of people out there who agree with me so, yeah, nothing good about this. But, you know, I do like the idea of the, the trash cans inside a giant trash can. But, yeah, you can, yeah. you know, miss, miss me with that one. I'm mm-hmm. 100% with you on this. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Send the trash cans to a trash can. <laughs> we're not, Irby, we're, we're not pulling any punches here. Like, be very happy you've never been to the stadium. I, yeah, I mean, it's it was not on the docket. <laughs> it, it was definitely not, not, not. Not anywhere near of my ballparks to hit up. Um, so good to know. Good to know. Does sound. Um, I, I wonder is that the uh, the, the what do you say eight, the nine dollar hot dogs? Yeah. Is the justification there that like they dipped it in the the raised water? Is that the? I you know, know that's what? really it, not helping the cost. Maybe you know that's what? the. It, it it actually tasted like they may have. So there you go. Is it Ray flavored hot dogs? <laughs> it actually tastes also, like yeah. Like, who do I call about the animal abuse with that Ray tank? I mean, I, I say this is something that absolutely hates zoos and hates things like this. It's disgusting. Those animals are miserable. You guys, like, you think you're having a fun time sticking your hand in there? Like, no, those it's, those animals are miserable. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, no, absolutely. Right, terrible. right. Why has it like we see the weirdest times that PETA shows up? How have they never gone after Tampa Bay? <laughs> I expect they have 
Uh, it's just that, like, no, but what, who should be going after them? It's like not PETA, not like some crazy people that are like, you, you're a cow murderer if you drink milk, which is just not technically accurate. Um, but, like, no, no, we need the actual, like, normal, reasonable, like, where is, like, I don't know, World Wildlife Fund or someone like that who's mm -hmm. actually looking out for the welfare of animals in, in a legitimate way. Like, the places that go around and shut down those, like, exotic animal parks where the animals aren't being properly cared for, those are the people we need to get in there and yeah. be like, look, this is not like this is this is horrible for these animals you know so. what we need we need some slow motion of, of of the rays in their in their green pool and sarah mclaughlin that's what we need that's what <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't forget richard attenborough let's grab him to do the uh, the narrating there you go richard attenborough that would be perfect um yeah that beautiful calming british accent telling you about here some animals are slowly dying inside the worst ballpark on earth uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The, the one time I was there, I, I was actually thinking, okay, maybe I can get some pipes to burst so we can get a quasi like rain out. And even though it's in a dome, we can get so much water that they have to call the game and I can get the hell out of here. It was that bad. Oh, I thought you were going finding Nemo there. Like you were thinking you were going to bust that tank and like, you know, <laughs> send those rays off to their freedom, you know, help pasture them across do the that freeway too. and into the, into the waterway in Tampa um, so they could find their way. Could do that there. too. <laughs> All right. Okay. So that's our worst matchups. How about, let's talk some history here. Um, and this doesn't have to be opening day. This is just any, any experience you've had in a ballpark. Have you seen anything historic? Samantha, let's start with you. Have you seen anything historic at the ballpark? And what would you like to see if you haven't seen it yet? All right. So first of all, full credit. I, I sort of stole this segment idea from Effectively Wild. Uh, they went over this as well. They were talking about sort of how, you know, we're, we're playing off of the, the very famous quote that, you know, if you want to see something you've never seen before, go to a baseball game. Um which is very true, I think. And so we have kind of narrowed that down to like, okay, well, yeah, I mean, how many, you know, we see a million. Every time you go there, you're going to see something weird that you've never seen. But you, have you ever seen anything that's truly historic? And I actually was fortunate enough to see something that was both hilarious and historic. Um, I had a, you know, I had thought about using the, um, the Ben Jacob Field held the sellout record at one point, and I was actually at both the, the game that broke the record and the, the 455th game, which was the last game of the sellout series, but because that record has been shattered since Fenway, um, it's no longer historic. Um, but I was at a game where I saw something that was truly the first time in baseball history that it ever happened, and it was Major League Baseball's first intentional balk. Ooh, it was 2005. Yeah. Uh, the then Indians were playing the Minnesota Twins, and Bob Wickman was closing uh, for the, the Indians then. And uh, my dad and I were at this game, and uh, we were, as was our uh, standard watching protocol, that if the Indians were ahead, we would watch everything from the bridge, uh, which is sort of this connecting piece that goes off of the mezzanine level of progressive fields, uh, into the parking garage connected to it, but you could not see it. It's kind of up above center field, and, and we like to watch the ninth as long as the Indians were ahead at the time. 
uh, from that bridge because you could get out of the stadium quicker, but still watch the ninth innings. We're standing up on that bridge. There's like nobody else around. And Wickman has gotten himself into a bit of trouble. And Michael Kadire was on second. He had, Wickman had thrown 28 pitches in this inning. And we're standing up there going like, oh, my God, what do you do? Like, there's no way he's not picking your signs off of second. You've got a one-run lead. Like, this is, this is not good, you know. So we're thinking, I don't know. Do you just, like, you know, runners in difference, let him go to third? He's not going to go, you know. And Bob Wickman, God bless him, he balked on purpose. He balked him over to third so that he could not relay the signs to the batter. And darned if it didn't work, Wickman was then able to get out of the inning. He was asked about it after the game, and he said, oh, yes, I did it on purpose. This has been done since I know Kenley Jansen did it also in 2020. But the first intentional balk in Major League Baseball history, we were there. <laughs> we were there. So uh, weird, weird one, but... It's technically historic, so super cool. It super is. Super cool. And, it's, and as far as what I want to see, um, oh, boy. Uh, I have, I mean, a million things. Um, but I guess if I had to pick, and I, I'm going to put a caveat on this that you guys have to follow as well, which is you can't say, well, I want to watch my own team win a World Series because everybody's going to yes. say that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we have to throw that one out. So I guess if we're talking about like historic feats that can happen in a ballpark, um, I mean, a perfect game would be kind of cool, although that's not the highest sort of entertainment value. I mean, maybe the highest scoring game of all time, like that might be kind of cool. Like I'd love to go to a baseball game where somebody wins like 35 to 27. I think that Ooh. would be awesome. So I, I might pick that. Just chaos. Just terrible pitching. I like it. Like just chaos, all offense. I think that would be a really fun game to attend, even though it – would not necessarily be as meaningful statistically as, say, a perfect game. It would be a record, and it would be way more fun to watch. So, No, I like it. And I also appreciate the um, the clarification that uh, the intentional balk was confirmed after the game, because that was going to be one of my questions to you. It was like, was yes. it confirmed? Yes, <laughs> he, he did confirm. He was asked about it, and he said, oh, I did it on purpose. Like, I mean, you should have seen us up on that bridge. We were doubled over laughing, like, oh, my God, he balked. He <laughs> balked. It was so great. We knew immediately what he had done, but it hadn't occurred to us prior to that because, you know, nobody had ever seen anyone do it before. I mean, I think we probably weren't even entirely sure that it was legal, um, but it <laughs> It is, and it was, and it was baseball history, so super cool. That's cool. That's cool. All right, Irby, how about you? Have you ever seen anything historic, and what would you like to see? I So I took a game. game. Uh, this is before I was married, I believe. Uh, I took my parents to the game, and this is at the uh, the old ballpark um, in Arlington. Not, it's so sad to say it that way. It Not, is. Not Arlington Stadium, but the ballpark in Arlington. Um, seated out in the uh, the hot sun bleachers in dead center field. Um, everybody was having a rough time at the heat. You know, one of those reasons why they built a dome now, a new stadium with a dome or with the retractable roof. Because it wasn't fun. It was hot and all that. But you know who didn't have to deal with it long? Was one John Lackey. <laughs> yes, I got to go to a game where Angels pitcher... John Lackey, a native of the state of Texas, he lasted <laughs> two pitches that day. Um, some history already with the Rangers and the uh, the, the, the Angels. Um, there had been some brawls. There actually were two brawls the season before. Scott mm -hmm. um, Feldman, one of those, involved in one of those fun ones. I was actually at that game, too. Mm -hmm. So adds to this. But, but yes, this was so first batter. Well, obviously not of the game, but for the Rangers. 
Uh, first batter for the Rangers was Israel's own manager, Ian Kinsler. <laughs> and uh, first pitch Lackey threw behind him. The umpire kind of stared. Did not issue a warning. Okay, and this is where it got fun. Um, <laughs> this is where it got fun with uh, with our old buddy Mike Sosha, still uh, managing the Angels at the time. Did not issue a warning after the first ball throw behind him. He threw the next pitch right behind Kinsler's back again and immediately was tossed for the game. Uh-huh. Mike Sosha later on the same, just because he argued the fact that, well, why didn't you warn us and blah, 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 and all that. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I got to see a pitcher last two pitches. <laughs> Actually, I, I remember this game well. Uh, I remember the series well. Uh, it wasn't a surprise. There was some bad blood already, especially between Lackey and Kinsler. Like, they hated each other at that point in time. Now, I don't know. Obviously, I don't know how they feel about each other now. But back then, at that particular that particular series, they hated each other. It was, it, it was actually worse, I think, Samantha, than Clemens and Piazza. Like, they just hated each other, right? So uh, I, I got a big kick because it was, it was so absurd that a social post game. It was like, well, why didn't you warn us? Why do you have to be warned? You threw two pitches behind him. I also found it funny that Lackey couldn't hit Kinsler if he tried because he did try, right? He still couldn't hit Kinsler, and Kinsler's not a small dude. So there's a lot of hilarity about that. I think the Rangers ended up winning that game too, Irby, if I'm not mistaken, in that series and the division that year. So uh, they got the last laugh, but, yeah, that was that was a fun game. Yeah, I remember this one as well. I mean, the, the funniest part of it to me is the fact that he was clearly trying to hit him and he couldn't. Um, right. That's part of the whole thing. Um, so, but yeah, and just a, a quick tactual note here so we're clear. Um, this is not a record. Um, we, we've seen people ejected after just one pitch. We've actually seen people ejected before a pitch was thrown. Um, so not technically a record, but uh, you know we did bring this up because it is so rare and so weird. Um, so it's something most people have not seen at the ballpark, but uh as crazy as it sounds, it actually can get worse, and it has gotten worse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, mine is actually a shared moment because Irby and I were both at this game together. It, it was it was the 2011 World Series Game 3. And it was actually the first time Irby, we actually actually hung out outside of, you know, doing, you know, blogging and, and, and whatnot. It was the first time we actually hung out. Um, and we proceeded to watch uh, the Rangers get absolutely throttled by the St. Louis Cardinals in, in game three of the 2011 World Series. But we saw some history. And I remember Irby, he, Irby looked over to me after Pujols had hit his second home run when he came up to bat again. Irby said, hell, screw it. Let's, let, let's just see some history. And we saw it. I don't think that ball has landed yet. It was very reminiscent of the one he hit against Brad Lidge when they were back in the National League and, and they were, they, they were, they were, they were uh, going up against the Astros in the NLCS. Like, it was a moonshot. We were on the top row of the third deck, and we were eye level with this baseball, Samantha. Like, it was hit that high and that far. <laughs> it was the third home run of the game, only the second time that has happened. That was fun. Yeah, another super cool moment, and I, I certainly remember this despite not being at the game. Very cool, um, sort of a weird combination of like almost history, like you said, it has happened once before this, so technically not a record, but extraordinarily rare, so definitely worth mentioning here. And when you put that together with like the the monster like moonshot home run, and it, it really was, guys. I mean, you've seen a handful of these, you know, at various points in, in baseball history, and it if you're lucky enough to see one in person, I was at the game at Jacobs Field where Mark McGuire um, 
way back when hit the one that broke the scoreboard there it went over our uh-huh. heads mm-hmm. um, in the bleachers so when you it is really truly something to see when we see one of those just absolute moonshots but when you put that together uh with the fact that this is also uh, pretty about as darn close to history making as you can get. Very cool. Good on you guys for kind of embracing it because obviously you were on the wrong end of things <laughs> there. So you know, good for you guys for kind of taking the. Well, you know what? The glass is half full. I'm gonna I'm gonna see some uh, some unique baseball history here, <laughs> even though uh, you know, obviously we all hoped that game would turn out a little bit different than it is. <laughs> little little do we know, Irby, that that was not the low point of that series. No, nope, it definitely was. <laughs> that night started. You're right. That was that was the first time that we had ever actually met in person, and that started well. The night started really well, but yeah, that was. Um, it's funny how I yeah. I'm glad how you said that about where we were seated and having the ball eye level because it's one that like, we all know the ball's not getting to us, <laughs> but because of how he hit it and the angle and the and the and the trajectory, there's that moment of. It's not getting to us, right? Like, <laughs> is this ball about to get up here? Like, it was, that was crazy. And you know, you know, it's honestly one of the more painful things for me too. Is is do you remember how we got the tickets? We had an option to pick between game three and game four. Yeah. We chose game three. game three. What happened in game four? Oh, Derek Holland threw eight plus shutout innings. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, mm. it was never meant to be. Never no, meant there, to be. There, there was a lot that was never meant to be in that series, apparently. Uh, so, real quick, we got to circle back to her because we didn't actually hear what you would like to see. So, let, let's get yours and then I'll do mine and we can. Oh, sorry. 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 Yeah. No, I got, no, I got so caught up in. I John Lackey being a, the D bag we knew he was. I jumped um, ahead too. That's actually, me. Go ahead. Hey, but I, I'll, I'll say this. So, my, I will do probably the exact opposite of what Samantha's was. I would love to sit, watch two pitchers, two, not one, but both pitchers throwing a perfect game. And in the bottom of the ninth, 26 up, 26 Ooh. down, the nine hole hitter goes like yard that. for a walk off home run. Ooh. Ooh, the double perfect game. Or, yeah, because, you know, somebody's going to get Harvey Haddix there. You know, the, the guy who very infamously threw 12 perfect innings in 1959 uh-huh. and then threw a not-so-perfect 13th. Poor man. Uh, why we're not giving that guy credit for a perfect game is this is one of my skills I will die on for baseball. Uh, but this would be amazing because this would be like Harvey Haddix part two. Uh, the double perfect game. That's awesome. I like Ooh, it. I like that. I like that. Okay, so mine is... Um, it's 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 also pitcher driven. Um, I'm not really. I mean, it'd be cool to see a perfect game. That'd be cool. Uh, I'm not so interested in no hitters or cycles. Uh, but one thing that I would like to see, I, I would like to be in the stands when this have if this ever happens, the single game strikeout record. I would like to see that broken in person. Because if there's one thing I love about baseball more than some good old-fashioned situational hitting and getting them on, getting them over, getting them in, those, those little fundamentals, I love the strikeout. I love the K. That's right? one of my favorite things in baseball, especially you have bases loaded, nobody out, you get three strikeouts. I'm off the couch. I'm yelling. I'm screaming. I love strikeouts. So to be able to see that 21st strikeout in a single game, that's what I want to see. Yeah, and I think that one's breakable, too. Like, I, I think that's, like, a it realistic, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, because, well, I mean, how long has that stood? When did Kerry Wood through 20 and 
What uh, year was that? That was okay. Um, so Clemens was what the first in the eighties, and then Carrie Wood did what like like what ninety eight? Yeah, it would be the late nineties, I think. Um, so anyway, but I think that's a breakable record, so it is doable. Um, I think. By the way, you know he mentioned the cycle. Yeah, if anyone says what they want to see is the cycle, you can be kicked off this podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, no, the strikeout record would be cool, and it's a good one to pick because I, I think that's actually possible. Um, you know, a lot of the records, you know, they're just they're never going to fall. But that one, I could see that happening. <laughs> Now, you know, those of you out there that are all about the cycle, you know what's more cool than the, the, the individual player's cycle over, over a game? A team cycle in an inning. That's a lot more fun. I, I still think it's Dunlock, although it is better. I, I'd rather <laughs> see it in the inning. I just like the cycle and the no-hitter. Like, you're weird on podcasts for you. Uh, if that's what you're into. <laughs> Goodbye. Hold on. I have one, I have one caveat for that. Um, well, first, yes, you guys were right. 1998, Kerry Wood. Um, did it? Um, he beat the Astros. He struck out the Astros. Yeah, that's right. So that he just did. adds to it. Yeah, uh, yeah May sixth, nineteen ninety eight. Um, no, I so the, the the cycle thing. Yes, I am with you. The, the the caveat there for me is is I would have had no problem being in the stands that night in Boston, so seeing Benji Molina's cycle. Okay, that's that's a fun cycle, though, right, Samantha? Like that's that's different because it's 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 a notoriously slow player laying out a triple. <laughs> <laughs> well, side. yeah, because the, but the value is different there, though, because that's more like, yes. okay, I love to see, like, bonkers, blooper reel stuff at a ball game. Like, I would love to go to a game where 17 errors were committed. Like, I like, you know, yes. like, I love, like, Chaos Goblin, like, garbage games. So, like, yeah, absolutely. And I the Benji Molina one falls into that category, because you're like, how's all around thing going to make it all the way to third for a triple? That's amazing. You know, so, yeah, I mean, I would class that differently, because it's not so much about the cycle, it's about something that should not be able to happen. <laughs> well, and it's it's another moment, like like Bo and I embracing Pujols' three home runs. If you're a Red Sox fan that night, in that situation, you're almost going, okay, he is a cycle away from the, you know, he is a triple away from the cycle, but yeah, well, this guy ain't going to hit a cycle. And then off the bat, you're going, no freaking way. No way. Come on, dude, go, go, go. <laughs> like, like, you're, you're cheering for Everybody had to be cheering for him. He's going to do it. This thing, <laughs> this round man is about to hit for the cycle. Well, there's the, the Daniel Vogelbach cycle. Very possible. So just putting that out there. He did. He was, he was on one of those MLB videos the other day where they were asking people whether they preferred a window or an aisle seat. And Daniel Vogelbach, very like deadpan, said, I stayed the entire time. Um, and standing goes burn 10 calories an hour. So something to think about. But I, I, would, I would be down to watch that cycle for sure. <laughs> I think my favorite part of it was Josh Lewin's call on it. Because, like, the second he hit it, Josh Lewin immediately got excited. You know, Josh Lewin gets excited. He immediately got excited because of where the ball was placed in the field. And it clearly just gave up trying to be objective. He's like, yeah, come on, big fella. Get around second. <laughs> Get to third. That was that was one of the better Josh Lewin calls. Uh. <laughs> I got to look that video up now. I haven't seen it in a while. All right, so uh, obviously this year we have the new wrinkle, which is the pitch clock. That's a thing. So I think it'd be fun to try and 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 predict. And this could, this could happen opening day. This could happen after the trade deadline. This could happen last week of the season. Uh, who is going to be the most upset 
about the pitch clock. Smith, let's start with you. Who is going to be, who's going to have their meltdown moment because of a pitch clock violation? I mean, there are so many good candidates for this. And, you know, again, just a, a bit of history before we get into this. Um, you know, don't know if everyone is familiar with Rule 8.04, but we actually have had a pitch clock um, for a very long time on the books that said that you only had 20 minutes to throw the, I'm sorry, 20 seconds to throw the pitch. Um, it's just never been enforced before. And, uh, you know, Charlie, good old Charlie Finley uh, in the 60s tried to get that pitch clock enforced. And they actually did it for a little while. It's just that the umpires were so angry at him about this. But they only enforce it on his team. So very short-lived. Uh, but, you know, you could bet Charlie Finley was the first guy, technically, to ever get mad about the pitch clock. So uh, fun little slice of history there. But uh, in our modern iteration of it, where we are actually enforcing the pitch clock for everyone involved, whether you like it or not, there are so many good candidates for this. But I got to go with my guy, Mad Bum, here. Like, he is just, oh yeah, I love him so much. He's so cranky and so angry all the time. I... I just, he's perfect for this, right? Like, he's mm-hmm. one of those guys that will get upset about absolutely anything and absolutely everything and let you know about it. And God bless him for that because he loves Mad Bomb. But he's, he's my guy here. I think he's going to be the first one to just have a complete and total meltdown shit out there on the mound when he gets called for a pitch clock violation. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like, we were playing this segment. That was the first name that came to my mind, too. Was Mad Bum? I was like, that, that is the crankiest pitcher in baseball. Of course, he's going to be the one that goes absolutely bonkers the first time he has a pitch clock violation. Oh yeah, it's him. And well, there's one other one that immediately came to mind for me, which I think somebody's probably going to bring up here. So we'll see. I'll mention it at the end. Not to, yeah. This is there. There are some excellent candidates here. You know, I know Max Scherzer was one that came up a lot, but he's a guy who came out and said like during some training, like, no, I like to work fast. It's the hitters that hold me up. Um, so I, I'm going to use it to my advantage. But, you know, you think of Max as somebody, you know, like remember when he tried to take his pants off on the field during the sticky stuff? <laughs> <laughs> because he was so mad. So, you know, he's a guy who needs to get mad, but I don't think he's going to get mad about this. But, yeah. yeah it's going to be great. I can't wait. I can't wait. Irby, what about you? Who's your most upset about the pitch clock? Well, here's one where my boy John Lackey earlier would have fit right in for this one, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. But, but uh, I'm going to go with a hitter. Uh, I'll go the opposite side. Um, I, I can see, um, I, I can see, especially, you know, as the career is falling apart a little bit here, I can see the meltdown from Josh Donaldson. <laughs> uh, we need the wavy hair. We need the helmet thrown and all that. I Yeah, I mean, it's this is one, it doesn't take long, and I can visualize this. Oh, well, yeah, he's the perfect. There's another guy who hates everything, right? Except he's just, he's not as fun about it as Mad Bum. But that, that's perfect, Josh Donaldson. Yep. <laughs> I mean, are, are we talking like full-fledged pine tar incident meltdown from Donaldson here? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> this is this is George Brett uh, just just all out. Like like almost enough for the whatever manager or coach that has to pull him back. Like, dude, seriously, chill. Golly. <laughs> Big point, but yeah, yeah, no. This is <laughs> right up Josh's alley. Oh, man. All right, well, I'm, I'm sticking with pitching. Um, I, I think Lance Lynn's going to have a big problem the first time he has a pitch clock violation in a pivotal moment. Like, like That's it, the other one I was thinking of, bro. <laughs> That's the other one. Yep. Like, I, could, I could just see me like, what? <laughs> so, I, so I was off half a second. Sue me. <laughs> I can see Lance Lynn being 
takes longer to get that big body going. Yes. Lance, you guys were talking about the pine tar stuff, well, you, or, or the, the, the stick on. You remember Lance Lynn throwing his belt? Yeah, yeah. Was two years ago? Too. Yeah, when he threw his belt at the office. Yeah, that was great. So, great. <laughs> so yeah, Lance was fine. But how about this? How about how, how about an honorable mention? And, and this could be not not because of, of anger or what I, I think this would be more confusion. Uh, Angel Hernandez as an honorable mention here. Like he won't be pissed; he'll just be confused as 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 to what what he didn't do correctly. Can he throw himself out? Oh, if wishing made it so. Um, I know. <laughs> no, but our our new buddy Rosenberg will probably throw him out because he throws out you know BC Real Munto for. I'm not quite sure what happened there. Oh God, the the, the Angel Hernandez starter kit—that's what you're talking about. Ooh, okay, <laughs> all right. All right, well, how about this? Kind of in the same, um, kind of in the, in, in the same, like the same realm of, of our last question, but how about this? Because baseball is filled with overreactions, especially opening day, especially opening week, but what is your prediction for what will cause the biggest overreaction? It could be opening day, opening week, Whatever you, whatever you want to put it out there, but like you're the biggest overreaction to something. What's that going to be, Samantha? Let's start with you. Ooh, I mean, there's so many good candidates to this. Um, it's like, are we going injury or are we going poor performance or good performance? Like, I mean, my instinct is always to say good performance. You know, somebody's going to come out of the gate and go like eight. No, it's it's probably going to be Minnesota. People are going to be like, oh, the Twins figured it out. And they're like, no. Bro, they do this every year. Um, like, yep, strong April. <laughs> Just can't win a single baseball game in the second half of the season. But I, I don't know. Like, I, my, my instincts are saying Padres here that it's going to be something Padres related, right? We said we were cutting the Mets a break, so something Padres related. Uh-huh. And I don't know if it's going to be that like somebody's going to get hurt and everybody's going to freak out, put their hands up, and be like, "Oh, the season's over," or if it's going to be the other direction. Where, like, you know, Tatis is going to, like, stay healthy and stay out of trouble for, like, three weeks. And people are going to be like, well, he's the MVP now. And then he's going to run his motorcycle into a wall or something. Um, but I, I feel like it's Padres. Like, I feel like I can't go any more specific than that right now. It's my crystal ball is just showing me a big old Padres logo. <laughs> I feel like whatever it would be, it would involve Tatis. So... I don't, know mm-hmm. what, I don't know what that would be. <laughs> There's all kinds of different ways you could go with that, but it would definitely involve Tatis that much, I know. Irby, how about you? What is your biggest overreaction? I, well, the most painful one for me is always when we have some hitter gets three home runs on opening day, and then everybody and their grandmother's like, do you know what pace he's on for the season? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I can't stand that crap. Ah, um, oh, man, biggest one. I mean, it's... So, like, the Ranger fan of me knows that Jacob DeGrom is going to have a good outing, but he's going to give up a home run to start the game because that's just Texas. That's, yeah. that's absolutely how we're going. He'll give up a solo home run, and then he'll settle down. Um, so, I'm going to go, uh, hmm. Maybe it's because of how the season starts or, or, or everything. Um, Matthew, you got me. You got, you got me believing. Um, when the Diamondbacks start the season off by winning a series – Against the Dodgers, Ooh. the overreaction of how it's fallen apart for LA is going to be fun to listen to. Ooh, that's a good one. 
I like that. Ooh, yeah, yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. I like that one. Um, yeah, because instead of giving credit to the Diamondbacks for like, oh, they're not yep. good, but they're better than anybody thought, it's going to be like, oh, well, the Dodgers are done. They're dead in the water. They didn't do anything over the offseason, and now they're they're cooked, uh, which, yeah, you're right. That's a great one, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and it's, I can see that. And, and, and like I said, it's when they win the series, because it's a four-game series. Arizona taking three, at least three out of four. I don't see the sweep happening, but that would be great if the Diamondbacks could start the year off with a four-game sweep in L.A. Oh, can't you see the, like, screamy talk show headline if those guys ever bothered to pay any attention to baseball? It would be, like, Dodgers 1 and 3, colon, times of panic in all caps. Like, yeah, and they would all be fighting over who got to argue yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a good one, buddy. Um, so I decided to go cynical <laughs> on this because it's the biggest overreaction. I think one of these guys that signed a big contract is going to get off to an awful start and everyone's going to be piling on them. I'm talking I'm talking O for the first 21 for Aaron Judge. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Trey Turner coming off his big WBC stretch. Cold to start the season starts 0 for 21, and everyone's going to freak out because the, the the big ticket guys who are still going to finish the season with their home runs, with their batting average, with all their all their stats, they're all going to be there. That that cold start, and everyone's just going to pile on them. Oh, you know this is like Judge is a perfect one for this because like you know how Yankee fans get right, yeah. like it's like if, if you know they're not on pace to win in 135 games, then you know the world is ending. So it's going to be like, you know, judges, yeah, he's going to go one for 21 with a single or something. And it's going to be like, he's definitely not going to break the home run record again now. And it's like, yo, he was not going to do that anyway, but he's still like an incredibly good player who's like completely <laughs> worth the money. Like, relax. And they're all going to freak. And be like, well, he's going to just bum all this money. He's going to hit like 14 home runs this year. And like, no, he's going to be fine. Guys. He's going to be fine. <laughs> but the meltdown will be epic. For sure. <laughs> and, and and the single he hits will be an infield single against an, a, a modified shift. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's the the other side of that coin. Could you uh, you imagine the season start off with like Joey Gallo hitting three singles opening day? No home runs or strikeouts or anything, just three singles. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's fair, yeah. Like, oh, then it's going to be, we've gone too far with the shift band, right? You know, or like, you know, it's going to be Anthony Rizzo and Cody (laughs) Bellinger and Joey Gallo all go five for five on opening day. And all these people will be like, oh, now we have to reverse it. Like, we've given too big of an advantage to the left-handers by allowing them to match just like Anders, you know? Like, oh, yeah. Yes. Well, that or, yeah, no, to to your point of going too far, what if you get, you know, and I'm going to pick the guy that I chose a couple weeks ago to win the, the stolen base, Josh Rojas. What if he steals, like, five bases opening day? Yeah. Shrink the bases. Put them back. Yeah, see, we, we put the bases too big, and now Ricky Henderson's record's going to be shattered by the All-Star break. Yeah. Now they're too big. I want to modify Now I want, what is it? You said it was four inches from the center of the bag? Like, no, I'm going to fix it. Now I need it to be two and a half. Like, yep. Mm-hmm. I can see it happening. 
Or if Vogelbach steals a base. There you I go. I was going to say, yes. Yeah, yeah, Vogelbach steals a base. Nope, they're too big. Can't do yeah, this. like Daniel Vogelbach steals two bases on opening day. Like, it's going to be like back to the lab, back to the lab. Uh, <laughs> I would be delighted if Daniel Vogelbach stole two bases on opening day. I would be thrilled. It would be amazing. <laughs> All right, let, let, let's let's talk some ballparks here, because uh, you know the three the three of us have been to some ballparks. Uh, Samantha, you've been to more than Irby and I have. Um, let's talk about the ones you have not been to before, and think about opening day. I want you guys to think about opening day, and you can go to one of those ballparks that you've never been to before and experience the opening day festivities and atmosphere in a stadium that you've never been to before. Which stadium are you going to, Samantha? Where, where, where are you going to go? Okay, so I went, I did go back and count it out. There were four Major League Baseball hosting cities that I'd never been to and six ballparks because there's two that have gotten a new stadium since I was there. So there's six in play here. And I narrowed it down to two. Um, one of them is Seattle. I have not been to Seattle. This would obviously have the extra job, the fact that they are playing my Cleveland Guardians for opening day this year, so that would be an extra bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also got, in a way, made it feel like cheating a little bit, because, like, oh, of course you're going to go see your team, although Seattle has been on my list for a long time. I mean, I do want to get out there, so uh, Mariners, people, I'm really excited to see your ballpark. But actually, I'm going to go with your Texas Rangers. Um, Ooh. Dying to check out your new ballpark. I my only the only thing that held me back on this one is that I think that I would slowly starve to death there, so I'm gonna have to sneak my own food in, like in the bottom of a shoe or something, or like die, you know, like in a sleeve, um, because I'm pretty sure I would die if I ate the food that they're serving there. So, um, you know, I just you know what though, just the squished hot dog, just gonna be the straight squished hot dog. You can't still buy a plain hot dog there, right? Yes, you can. There's there's there is. Plain first hot dog. You don't have to have the flaming hot Cheeto pretzels. Not have a bunch of like 30 pounds of crap on top of it or the one that weighs more than I do or whatever, like that blue stick thing, which I'm pretty sure outweighs me. Um, So no thank you. I don't want to sit near someone eating that thing. I don't want anything to do with that thing. But um, but I'd love to see your your beautiful new ballpark. Um, So I think that would be super cool and haven't been to the area either and it'd be you know some of these places you're thinking i haven't gone because i don't even want to go to the city cough houston cough um <laughs> don't really want to come to your ballpark at all but i uh, would love to come out uh, and see uh, you know dallas and in the arlington area already come say hi to you on my way through hopefully you'll come with me to the ball game um and uh you know check out our, our texas yeah i'll be there that one's at the uh the top of my list now hoping yes for the personal tour guide with us as well so. <laughs> we can go up the, we'll get the rocking chair seats you can sit in a rocking a wooden rocking yes. chair all game long yeah that's cool I'm, I'm down with that that sounds fun uh, all right good good that's a good selling point so something novel right like sitting in the green monster seats in Fenway yeah that would be very cool rocking chair seat yeah. love it those, those oversized rocking chairs look awesome like, they, actually, cool. they actually look comfortable <laughs> they are ridiculously comfortable. Like really? I don't think I should do a game in it because I will sleep. I will nap during the game. It could be an entertaining game. It doesn't matter. I would just sit there and suddenly, yeah, out cold. You're, okay, don't to, don't Tony Larusa it. If if we go and we do I, the yeah. day in Texas, if you Tony Larusa it, I'm gonna hit you with one of those boomsticks to wake you up. I I accept these <laughs> terms. I, I accept him. these terms. <laughs> okay, well maybe I'll, I'll hit you with that. 
the pizza hot dog or whatever. It looks like it weighs like like, so, like, um, like, like, like no joke. Like, like, like Babe Ruth's bat weighed less than these things. It's so gross. It's so gross. <laughs> it doesn't even look good. Like, it's not like a giant pizza where you're like, I know that's bad for me, but it looks delicious and it tastes delicious. <laughs> like, no, it looks gross. It tastes gross. I just, it's bad as vile. Well, see, and, and now, now they have the, now they have the pizza dog, which is <laughs> not going to go. It there. also looks disgusting. <laughs> um, yeah, and the flaming Cheeto pretzel or whatever. I saw, they, they, there was a thing today that I saw that had like a lot of the ballparks. They showed all the new foods that you guys had in every one of them, like, Looked like a child threw everything they could find in a kitchen on top of something. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I could be about the brisket croissant. I could be about that. But Irby, how about how about you? Which which stadium are you going to on opening day if you could? Um, so this will have a little bit of the childhood watching watching day games with my dad. But it would it would have to be a, an opening day in Chicago at a Cubs game at Wrigley. Nice day game. Day game. I, I, I'd stress that it, I mean, nothing against the night games or anything, but it would have to be a day game. Mm. Nice. Well, I, I feel like I can't comment on that. I'm not a fan of Wrigley Fields. Um, love the Cubs fans. Oh. Love, love Wrigleyville. So much fun to hang out in Wrigleyville. The ballpark itself, mm, it's, it's like Coney Island. You know, go once, don't go twice kind of a thing. So, oh, yeah. Wow. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> And that's where it's the, I guess it's just the experience, having seen yes, it growing yeah, up and all that, that. That's what it was. It's, yeah. It would be a, okay, I want to go to one of these games and now done it, yeah. sit out near the Ivy. Yeah. Like Ivy, yeah. Well, and Wrigleyville is just delightful. Like, make sure you, you leave some time before or after the game, I guess after the game, if you're doing a day game. It's just a fantastic little place to, to hang out and, and talk baseball and watch baseball. It's a little, like, miniature little town that is all very Cubs-centric. Super cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm um, I'm kind of going the same way you are, Irby. Uh, I'm going, you know, what what I grew up watching on TV and historic, and I'm going Fenway uh, because we don't have the old Yankee Stadium anymore. So, really, the next best thing is Fenway. And while it has changed over the last hundred plus years, uh, it's still the same. It's still the same original stadium that a lot of these historic players played in. So to be able to actually just be in that, just that same area uh, for me would be good. Plus I kind of want to see the green monster up close. Oh, this is an excellent pick. We, we get up to Fenway a couple of times a year. It's one of my favorite ballpark and ballparks. In fact, after progressive fields in Camden yards, I, it's probably my third favorite. So um, huge fan, really, really fun. Also weird brand of baseball that gets played there because of the dimensions and the size of it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Players, of course, talking about how it's kind of a different game in Fenway, and it's also a different experience watching. Um, and the Red Sox fans are fantastic. Uh, super fun crowd there, always a monster, totally worth seeing in person. And Fenway's in a, a pretty lovely part of Boston, actually, too, so it's pretty walkable there from um, Back Bay. So, uh, yeah, highly, highly recommend you will not be disappointed. And yes, you can skip New Yankee Stadium. Old Yankee Stadium, absolutely worth it. New Yankee Stadium, very corporate, very boring. Yeah, I kind of figured that. Uh, that, that is interesting that, that Fenway is in a good area because normally, like with these bigger cities like that, it's not. They're, they're trying to, they're trying to like, you know, they're trying to bring back an area so they put a stadium on it. Right. 
But Fenway's so old. I mean, it it has been redone, but it's old and it's been in the same place. Oh, that makes sense. Forever. That's why. Yeah, that that makes sense. To be in an area of Boston that's that's pretty nice, actually. I mean, it's sort of right around the stadium. There's not that much there, but it is adjacent um, to Back Bay, which is just a fantastic little place to to kind of wander about a bit um, before you get over to Fenway as well. Yeah, you know, I, I think it'd just be fun to be like front row on top of the monster. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's yeah. where I'd want to be. Like, cool. like, either, either that or down the foul lines, as long as I got a good view of all the nicks and crannies. Next uh, to the pesky pole. There you go. Uh. There we go. Yeah. As long, as long as I have full view of, of the field so I can, so I can see all this. This is how Bidji Bellina got a triple. It's at Fedway. Like, yeah. <laughs> this, this is, is a how. weird place. There you go. Weird. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, so one more before we call it a show, um, because everyone listening has some baseball to watch when they're done, of course. I hope you guys are listening to the whole show. Uh, one more, and, and this is this is very chalky. It's very generic. It's very cliche, but I want I, I to ask you guys this. Uh, Samantha, what is your favorite opening day memory? Oh, man. You know, this year is so tough because it's my first opening day without my dad. Um, so right. I was kind of trying to think back to, to something specific that the two of us did. Um, so I guess mostly what I'm thinking about is the experience of sort of going to an opening day. This doesn't necessarily apply to a specific game. This is more about the dedication of the opening day in the northeastern part of the country. Because, oh, man, like the number of times I have been snowed on on opening day, the number of times we have done the thing where you're like, okay, we need to buy seats in a very different place than where we normally sit. Because you need to get to a place where it's like really crowded and you're kind of low so that there's like a bunch of humans sitting behind you blocking the wind that comes into the ballpark. So um, sort of, I, I just love the idea of the like, you know what, like love baseball so much. So like, we don't care, right? Like we're going to get down there every single opening day, no matter what the weather is. I don't care if I get snowed on. I don't care if I have a four hour rain slash sleep slash snow delay. I'm going to get there. I've never, ever left a Guardians Indians game early um, and believe me it was pretty brutal um, on opening day <laughs> for a number of those where you're like man I just want to get out of here and get my car and turn on the seat heater <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah so I, I think for me that's that's the big one right now is just sort of the, the collective memory of kind of going okay you know what I'm going to tough it out because this is how much I love baseball and I want to be here on opening day at the ballpark with my dad and going, you know what, I know we're all going to have to like drink like eight coffees until the, the concession stands inevitably run out of coffee. You know, Progressive Field slash Jake is notorious for running out of coffee when the weather is cold. Um, so, you know, fire whoever's in charge of that. I was about to say. <laughs> I, you know, they used to That's have these like very very lovely little carts um, that served coffee from like a local chain that was very popular in like the 90s there which was great but then when when things kind of went downhill for the Indians for a while almost all the vendors closed and when they reopened there was like one place you could get coffee and it was like a sad little ice cream store and it was like one of those little pots of coffee like you see in an office so you can imagine when everyone in the stadium is freezing and there's this one little coffee pot there and it's like Oh, everybody here is supposed to, to drink out of that little thing. Like, I could drink that whole pot by myself trying not to freeze. So, but, uh, yeah, you know, the, the grind the grind is very real on opening day if you live in the northern part of the country. But, you know, I'm very proud that, that we, we toughed it out um, for, for almost 20 straight years, actually, uh, doing it. So uh, wow. <laughs> we're, we're taking this year off because I'm not going to fly my whole family out of Seattle. But, uh, 
you know, Dale and I, um, you know, we, we, we put on a good show in, in, in our warmest clothing, huh? <laughs> the uh, inclement weather opening days in Cleveland. Ooh. Irby, how about you? What's your favorite opening day memory? I Well, first of all, as somebody who daily competes in the extreme sport of beating the GPS when driving somewhere, I absolutely love that idea, Samantha, of finding the seat in which the most humans can block the wind. I, yeah. I am. It's genius. That is amazing. That is, that is, I, I can see myself one year going, sitting somewhere going, eh, I got to remember to be two sections, three rows, and five seats over. That guy looks warm. <laughs> oh, yeah. I need to be there next year. Calculus for where, yep. like, you start paying attention during the rest of the season to things like watching where the wind hits when it's not necessarily cold, but you can feel it. And you know, because we were season ticket holders for a long time, it's like you're like, no, I need to buy a second set of seats because I can't sit where I normally sit. But yeah, there's like, <laughs> I don't know, I, I need some like kid from MIT who wants an internship who's like, listen, if I give you 500 bucks, can you tell me which seat in this stadium has the least amount of wind on April 1st every year? <laughs> I know. Samantha, it, it sounds like the, that the Guardians need to you know to add some things like the Rangers have, like like the boomsticks, because then you get bigger blockers for the wind. You know, maybe that's the solution. <laughs> we just need to give out ballpark food that will make the city collectively more obese. <laughs> <laughs> it will block better. You block the like, or you just need to get to seated right behind Slider because you know he is the, that peak middle is pretty big. Um, <laughs> smells terrible, but you know if you can stand the smell, he, he feels like he could do a pretty good job. Uh, better than better than Captain. Captain's not great for black and white. Oh, he's not built right. Uh, actually, Captain's not good for much. Captain's not good for anything. No, no one, no one loves Captain. Captain's uh, not good for anything. Like, we, like, we love the Rangers, but we do not love Captain. Give me something uh, besides a horse. Why? Why can't the Rangers have one of those like fun, floofy mascots? You, you, yeah, like, yeah, you know what? Don't don't get me on this <laughs> tangent, Samantha. The show will last another hour. <laughs> you're right. You're right. We, Irby was about to give his memory, and we've now hijacked it to complain about the Rangers mascot. And I'm about to go down a Mr. Matt rabbit hole following that so anyway we're, we're sorry oh just, oh just just just, just give me continue. just give me a red and blue version of the philly fanatic and call it a day yes that's what all mascots <laughs> should be i agree i agree all right herbs back to you for your opening. oh no no apologize that was fun. i, I didn't like mute myself so i can't continue this <laughs> um so favorite memory for me for an opening day would be very very recently um I was fortunate enough to attend the last game at the ballpark in Arlington and the first game at the new Globe Life Field. So oh, that yeah. was fun just to have that transition. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, that's the beauty of baseball. The, I, I, I don't know. I, I love that about it is that closing of one stadium, opening of a new. Um, oddly enough, the same local TV station interviewed me at both venues. <laughs> um, it wasn't by design because I had my kids with me at the old one and I was talking about the new one. And then I was there with some friends and got interviewed by the same company. I was like, well, that kind of worked out weird. <laughs> Wait, so you're, are you, you're the person who allows, I like run when I see news cameras, like, Oh no, 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 no. I'm not talking to you. Uh, so you're, you're like the good sport. Participates in that. That's good. I yes, yes. Unfortunately, yeah, I'm I'm that guy that I don't mind jumping in front. Um, my boss at work does it all the time. Say, so, hey, some major things happen. We're going to put you in front of the camera. And every time I tell her, sure, as long as it's not on. But 
yeah, that day I didn't mind. And I kind of did the new one just because it was, or, or the new stadium because I had done the old one and it was just a quick sound bite. The other one was definitely like a little two minute conversation um, that got played, um, picked up by multiple news agencies. And I spent a night of people like, hey, is that you? Yes, I didn't change my name. <laughs> Yeah, I love those. Did I see you on the news? It's like, um, this used to happen if you ended up on the Jumbotron, like when I was in high school. Like, yeah. Hey, did I see you on the Jumbotron? Like, no, it was just someone who looked exactly like me and exactly like my dad and exactly the place where you knew we would be, but it wasn't us. <laughs> yeah, well, and that was, mine was even worse because it, I actually, it had my name, too. Like, it had my full name. <laughs> Matthew Irby, not the yeah. Matthew Irby. Hey, was that you? Yes. No. <laughs> Some other guy looks just like me with the same name with two kids yeah. just like my kids. <laughs> yep. Is that the real Slim Shady? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so Samantha Mine also involves inclement weather. Uh,. The Rangers were playing the Red Sox this one year. And Irby, I think this, I forget the year, but I think it was like a, a late March opening day, kind of like we have this year. Um, and it was, I think it was snow and sleet on opening day in Arlington, Texas. Like, like it was cold. And my dad and I had tickets for the game. We, we make the drive up, the entire drive, we're wondering if they're going to get the game in because of the weather was that bad. It was that cold. So we end up. My dad wears his coveralls, and for those that don't know what coveralls are, think of think of like a bodysuit that's insulated. And that's basically what coveralls are. So he puts those on, and, and of course, this is my dad. So he puts his Rangers jersey on top of that with his Rangers hat on. That's so great. Uh, and we go into the stadium, and we're second deck, and it's cold, it's windy, it's snowing, it's sleeting, and my dad is heckling the ever-living hell out of Manny Ramirez in right field, or left field. One <laughs> of the most I, absurd. <laughs> I've been a I part love of. the jersey over the coveralls. Like, I feel like we should do, like, at some point, there's an entire segment in, like, weird shit that people have worn because of the weather to a sporting event. Like, there was a great interview with um, Ernie Clement, um, you know, fan favorite and, and former Cleveland Guardian, who is, in his spare time, a very big Bills fan, and he was telling a story about going to a Bills playoff game, so that Bills Patriots came two years ago, and he was talking about how he wore his mom's bathrobe over his clothes <laughs> to the game because it was the warmest thing he could find that he could put over a bunch of other stuff, and I was like, oh, this is so perfect because this is how, like, you just stop caring about what you look like, and you're trying to figure out, like, how much could I put on, what could I put on and still be able to technically move even if it looks weird, uh -huh. because I just don't want to die at the ballpark. I don't want to die there power in my day, you know, like, so, like, <laughs> props for putting the jersey over the cup. Like, <laughs> That's what he does. Still got to make sure they know you're a Rangers fan. I love it. Well done. Well done. At one Good point, work. at one point, Manny Ramirez looked up, he's like, how the hell am I getting heckled in this weather? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, that was that was definitely. I, I've had my you know my share of bad weather at Rangers games. Normally, it's on the hot side. That was a cold game, Irby. I I don't I I've never experienced that cold outside of say Texas Stadium in December. Yeah, that doesn't sound like fun. We don't we don't get a lot of those, but yeah, it does happen. Like, and that which ballpark would this have been? What how long ago? 
Oh, so yeah, this was the second ballpark. This was this was um, Globe Life Park. Okay, and we yeah we, we were actually sitting a few sections, like, like three sections, uh, towards the foul pole from where the bell used to be when it was America West Field. Like that's where we were at. Okay. Okay, and it was yeah. You probably got jet streamed, and yeah, that that's fun day. Yeah, yeah, cold. Like you add the, you get the chili on your hot dog because it's that cold, and you need the chili. <laughs> Bob, have you been to like an April game at Camden Yards? Because I, the, when I lived in DC, I, John and I actually went to opening day because the the Indians were playing the Orioles on opening day in Camden Yards uh-huh. that year. It was like right after we graduated from college, and so and John and I went to the game. And it snowed on opening day. They were playing Jingle Bells in the stadium during the snow delay. And they did get the game in, but I was like, oh, that's right. I forgot. Like, you would actually have experience with the Northern game, too. Yeah. So, but uh, the Cannon Yards is a little bit rough early in the year. <laughs> Not quite as bad as Fenway or, or uh, Progressive Field or, or some of the, the more early ones. But it, it gets rough. It gets a little chilly. You know, I, I actually, I actually tell you that was the first time I had hot chocolate at a baseball game. And you have, you have to have something warm, right? It's yeah. like at that point, like even though it's, I know it's mostly psychological. Like a hot drink doesn't really actually heat you up in any way, other than in the moment. But like, I don't know, you just need to hold it. Like I would take anything that was hot, even something I didn't like under those circumstances, <laughs> like hot chocolate. Hot chocolate, which yeah. I don't like. But I, but I would probably drink it under those circumstances. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's like that opening day game back, back in August. It's like you get the chili on the hot dog because you need it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> <get> <laughs> it because you need some warmth. You gotta, you gotta, it, you gotta fire up that internal pilot light. <laughs> like, I need to warm up a little bit because it's cold. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like wearing the weird outfit, right? Like you do what you gotta do to get that. To make God. it through the game, like, yeah. like you're staying until the end, right? So like it's you know need bus. You you get the chili, you drink the hot chocolate, you wear the weird bathrobe or the coveralls, like you know whatever gets you through it. <laughs> whatever gets you through it, and like you're watching the game and you hear you hear the sound when the when the when the when the ball hits the bat on the handle. And you feel oh. so bad for the player because oh. you know how Can much that my hurt. hands are hurting right now. Yeah, like, I mean, it's <laughs> my hands hurt right so now. If you ever played baseball you know that feeling and it's so bad mm. that uh, like oh oh my gosh when you get jammed <laughs> on a pitch and it's cold out there's like oh i can i'm with you Ari. i can feel it, I, can feel it right now. Now. I hate it i hate it <laughs> Oh, I can feel it in my hands too. It's like it's just, it's, just, it's one of those. Just like, that's why that's how you get a bone bruise in your hand from swinging a bat. Like, oh, so bad. Oh, man. What can I do about this? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. You will sit nope. there and you will hurt. Like you're cussing the There's entire no, time walking to first. No walking at all for anything. Give it a minute or, or ten. <laughs> oh man. Mm. Oh boy. All right. Well. Obviously, uh, you know we're recording the show uh, opening day eve, but you know you guys are listening on opening day. So, Samantha, before we go, any bold predictions for opening day? Ah, uh, gosh. Um, let's see. You know, I'm just gonna go total homer here. I'm gonna be like Irving and choose joy, and <laughs> I'm gonna say, you know, Guardians are gonna jump out there and get a get a big win. Shane Bieber. I'm gonna throw you a shout out. Nice, mm-hmm. nice, 
Nice, Irby. Anything? Any? It, 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 by the way, you know, I should have clarified. Going Homer here is perfectly acceptable because it's exactly encouraging. Exactly, it very much like is. That. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, then, I, yeah, I'll do. I'll do that too. Um, I won't. I. I don't. I don't want to touch anything with pitching because it's. <laughs> yeah. Like, me. Me and the Rangers' new pitching is like a baby napping. Like I don't want to touch it. Like don't. Don't. Don't touch it. <laughs> yeah. Just let it lie. Don't. Yeah. Um. So I'll go sticks, and uh, I'll go uh, three extra base game from Corey Seager. Yes. Ooh, really? Love it. And then, oh, oh, there'll be the shift over. That's the shift over reaction one too, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it is. Somebody in Houston is going to have a conviction and demand that they put the shift rules back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm also going to stick with the bats, the Irby, for the exact same reasons you are. But I'm going to say that uh, Josh Young is going to be the top offensive producer for the Rangers opening day. The kid. The kid. Out of way. I love it. I'm going with Excellent. a kid. Excellent. <laughs> Good. Good. Yeah, he needs it. He definitely needs it. <laughs> yep, going with a kid. I like it. Let's have the Josh Young, the Stephen Kwan style breakout at the beginning of the season. Yeah, Why there not? you go. There you go. Why not? Why not? I believe in it. I believe. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us. We're out of here. Until next week, I've waited a long time to say this. Until next week, watch some baseball. It's good for you. Don't forget to give us that like, that subscribe. Give us a review. Tell us what you think on Twitter. All that fun stuff. But watch some baseball. We'll see you guys next week. Who you gonna call?